This Side Up, Oasis or Mirage. In this instance, you really can't say that the grass is any greener on the other side of the fence. Take your dystopian pick, floods of Kentucky or the desiccation of Europe, where I've just returned from a vacation that seamlessly united the city parks of England and Italy in the same wasteland, with just a few bleached spikes still protruding from the baked ashen earth. However illusory, then, it's a relief to find enough recognisable vegetation, salvaged stateside, at least to host all three of Saturday's Grade 1 races. True, it evidently hasn't been at all straightforward doing so at Churchill, where they have resuscitated the Arlington Million and Beverly D on an Oasis card, otherwise contested entirely on the main track. After breaking so many hearts by closing its cherished Chicago home, Churchill have not only restored the million, but also a commensurate prize. It would be interesting to learn the duration of this commitment, and indeed to have some update about the funds generated in Arlington's final year, exceeding $750,000, in principle reserved for its 2022 purses. The last I heard, Illinois horsemen were pretty vexed about the idea that Churchill could sit on that dough pending some successor investment. Even if Churchill might this time be credited with vaguely altruistic intentions, this feels like a pretty uncomfortable sanctuary for the races evicted from Chicago, a turf track that has evidently been a nightmare to lay down and can't accommodate a tenth furlong anyway. That certainly seems to have been the conclusion of most European stables. Even domestically, the races appear to have fallen somewhat between stools. On the one hand, their abbreviation has put off the stairs. On the other, they've now had to compete with the four-star Dave handicap. The true refugees, of course, aren't the races themselves, but those Illinois horsemen who for so long worked at one of the jewels of the American turf. That's why there will be plenty of horsemen at Colonial Downs and elsewhere raising a glass this weekend to the memory of Noel Hickey. Hickey's loss could not have been more poignantly timed, evoking, as it did, memories of a heyday, above all in grass racing, that Irish acres shared with Arlington itself. Never mind the big guy, Buck's boy. How about Buck's nephew, another son of Hickey's beloved stallion, Buck Splasher, who was still winning stakes at eight? And some of the other stalwarts, at a lower level, were still more indefatigable. Plate Dancer, 16 for 69. Classic Fit, 23 for 76, for instance. Both kept going to 11. Their breeder resolved to buy Buck Splasher, despite a mediocre race record, after discovering that only eight Northern Dancer mares were ever bred to Buckpasser. Hickey was a colourful character, 
a gifted athlete himself in his youth, before building up a payroll of 940 employees as a broker. But he does now seem to belong to another era, which makes it all the more remarkable that a near contemporary should be extending such an exhilarating rejuvenation. D. Wayne Lucas will be 87 a couple of days before the Grade 1 Spinaway stays, where he now hopes to saddle Naughty Girl for a captivating showdown with another daughter of Intermischief, Prank. Herself, yet another credit to the extraordinary work of the Lister family at Ashview Farm. Having found a potential heir to Secret Oath in last weekend's Adirondack States winner, Lucas has meanwhile eagerly commenced the next turn of the carousel by crossing the road to Fasic Tipton and spending nearly $2.7 million on five yearlings, half of it devoted to a single Medagliadoro cult. Lucas apparently predicated this spree on a theory he has developed over the years on angles and skeletons and the way they're put together. If he wants to cover his costs, he could just jot the details down on a piece of paper and offer it to the highest bidder. I'm always bewildered by the way owners stampede to fashionable young trainers, especially in Europe where neglect of seasoned operators tends to be even more bovine. With horses, you would have thought that all the enthusiasm and energy in the world will never measure up to sheer experience. If you owned the Kentucky Derby favourite and he came up with a problem on the eve of the race, would you rather the decisions were being made by someone dealing with the issue for the first time or someone who's done so hundreds of times over several decades? We associate youth with audacity, but we're really talking about a form of naivety. It's experience that truly fortifies your nerve. That can also be true of jockeys. At least, that is, until the poignant parting of the ways, after they suddenly figure that there must be jobs out there where you don't have to be followed all day by an ambulance. It took an insight and assurance years in the making, for instance, for Mike Smith to show such glaring restraint with Life is Good at Saratoga last summer that the Equibase comment boldly states... Overconfident handling. Never mind that running Jackie's warrior to a neck over seven furlongs shows the kind of generosity that simply doesn't require coercion. This was one of those occasions, returning from a six-month layoff and for a new barn, when the jockey's top three priorities were the best interests of the horse, the best interests of the horse, and the best interests of the horse. People seldom dare to say so because so much of the sports funding comes through the windows, but there are times when even the wagering dollar has to step in line. After all, the kind of handicapper who thinks he or she deserves the homage of horsemen should reciprocate with a little respect the other way, should understand and be reconciled to the possibility that a prudent jockey in these quite particular circumstances might want to avoid giving his mount an experience that could cause him to regress. They can cope with that idea when a horse makes its debut, and 
here was another case that blatantly called for their absolution. Whether or not connections share this view, and the fact is they have named other jockeys ever since, I feel pretty certain that life is good is only as good as he is because Smith rode him that day with such length of perspective. You very rarely see a horse break with quite the gusto that suffused life is good last weekend. He was practically airborne, so eager has he remained for his vocation. However innate his competitive instinct, Smith certainly made sure that it was not sour. If only more American jockeys could show corresponding conviction when riding a route on grass. On the same card last weekend, Warlike Goddess won the Glen Falls Stakes off a halfway split of 117.51. And this was scalding compared with her previous win at the Keeneland Spring Meet, where they had staggered along in 119.88. These numbers condemn American horsemen just as instructively as the dismal averages of most turf stallions and the yearling sales. A mile and a half of grass gives these guys a nosebleed. Warlike Goddess is by a wonderful stallion, and all this ties in pretty obviously with our lament a couple of weeks ago over the crisis in Kentucky turf breeding now that Kitten's Joy is also gone. But these glacial splits show a community that cannot come to terms with a perplexing combination of grass and distance. The fact is that hardly anybody takes these horses seriously. That's nearly always the case at the sales ring. While jockeys ride them as though indulging some kind of niche, semi-humorous weirdness. But do you remember Highland Reel under a proper Irish horseman being rushed into a clear lead to win the Breeders' Cup turf. He reached halfway in 112.7. That's over seven seconds faster than in that Keeneland race. And they couldn't lay a glove on him. As I'm always saying, there's no less of a cultural logjam on the other side of what should always be a two-way street, with Europe's disastrous detachment from dirt blood. But all you guys who have flown from Saratoga to Deauville, if you want to import serious grass blood, then please get your teams to wake up and import some serious grass attitude as well. For the TDN, this is Chris McGrath.